0: with Wings Productions presents Chapter 9 of The Skylark Bell Skydive. I'm your host, Melissa Oliveri. In last week's episode, we saw Farfalla become ostracized from the community she had grown up with after the silence at Meadow Lane was discovered. In today's episode, we read Chapter 9, An Old Friend, in which someone from Farfalla's past makes a surprise appearance, just when she needs them the most. Today's podcast partner is Shit and Bricks, proud members of the BooPod Network who hail from Australia. Kat and Dom lend a hilarious perspective to true crime and the unexplained. You won't regret giving them a listen. Just check the show notes for a link to their podcast. Now it's time to settle in, grab a blanket and a warm drink. We're getting started. September 27th, 1928. Two years I have spent in seclusion, hiding in my apartment, coming out only to buy food and necessities. I went to visit Papa, Mama, and Paloma in the city for a few weeks last summer, and we got together again for the holidays. But that is the extent of my interactions with other people. The people of Pocket have persisted in their idea that I caused the mysterious silence at Meadow Lane. They seem to think I have some sort of dark powers that could harm them. I have tried over and over to explain to them, tell them, you know me, you've known me for years, but none of them will give me the time of day. The only one who remained loyal to me is Isadora Finch, but she met a kind young man and they now have a small house a couple of towns away. We've been corresponding, which is nice, and she recently told me she is expecting a child. The love she has found and the life she enjoys are a stark contrast to my lonely, miserable existence. I could leave Pocket, but where would I go? I have lived here my entire life. This is my home. I refuse to be driven from it. Farfalla scurries down the steps of Bunting's general store and hurriedly crosses the road. The sound of a loud horn makes her spin around in fright. She hadn't thought to look for the car and is lucky it didn't hit her. The car pulls over a few paces ahead and a tall, fair-haired man with broad shoulders steps out. "'Farfalla?' he asks, his voice full of surprise." Farfalla stares at him suspiciously. No one has spoken to her in so long. Who could this man be? How does he know her name? She takes a few tentative steps toward him, and recognition hits her like a splash of cold water. James? James Carnifex? she gasps. Indeed, gosh, it's been years, he exclaims, opening up his arms for a hug. Farfalla falls into his embrace, at first with apprehension, then melting into the relief of human contact at long last. Suddenly, a terrifying thought occurs to her. He doesn't know. Once he finds out, he'll shun me like everyone else has. Farfalla quickly takes a step away from James, blinking back the tears that have sprung up in her eyes. "'Well, it's great to see you,' she says awkwardly, "'and starts walking back toward her apartment. "'Farfalla, wait,' he calls, running after her. "'It's been so long. I would love to catch up. "'Would you like to grab some coffee or something?' he asks, "'catching up to her and taking a gentle hold of her arm. "'Farfalla freezes in her tracks, hesitating. "'After thinking about it for a quick moment,' She decides she might as well enjoy the company while she can. He'll be distancing himself from her soon enough. "'Sure. Why don't you come up to my apartment? I just bought a fresh canister of coffee at the store,' she says, holding up her shopping bag. Farfalla leads the way up the stairs to her apartment and ushers him through the door. She gestures toward the small table in her kitchen, and James takes a seat. She prepares the coffee— Remaining focused on her task while she thinks of what to say to James after all these years. Finally, the sound of the dark, fragrant liquid comes from the coffee pot on the stove, and Farfalla pours each a steaming cup. She places a cup and spoon at each of their place settings and carries the cream and sugar set to the table before taking a seat. You never said goodbye before you left, she begins immediately regretting opening the conversation by bringing it up. James takes the words in stride. You're right, he acknowledges. If I'm perfectly honest, I was envious of your feelings for Marius. I was young and hurt, and I suppose in a way I wanted to hurt you. That wasn't fair. Please accept my apology. Farfalla bristles slightly at the mention of Marius's name but softens as she recalls all the good times she and James had as children. She feels no animosity toward him. I didn't realize how you felt, James. I'm sorry that you were hurt, and apology accepted, of course. So, tell me about your life, your family, where are your parents now, and Paloma. The barrage of questions comes flying at her, making her smile. James hasn't changed a bit. Farfala explains that her parents and Paloma moved to the city, but that she couldn't bring herself to leave Pocket. She tells him about all the beautiful gardens she has worked on, then takes a deep breath and tells him about the silence at Meadow Lane and how the people of Pocket turned on her without ever giving her a chance to explain that she has nothing to do with it. James stares at her intently, completely engrossed in her story. Finally, he leans back and lets her last words linger in the air for a moment. "'I don't understand this silence thing. How is that possible?' he asks. "'I don't know, but I do think it's real. The day we left Meadow Lane, I went to the oak tree to say goodbye, and there was an eerie quiet there that I can't quite explain. "'But James, I swear I didn't cause it. "'It wasn't me,' she says.' Tears threatening to spill down her cheeks. I believe you, says James, taking her hands in his. Farfalla feels relief wash over her. At long last, someone believes her. Enough about me. What about you? Where have you been all these years, she asks, getting up to grab the coffee pot. She refills both their cups and sets up her coffee maker to prepare a fresh pot. James then explains that his father passed away shortly after they left Pocket in the winter of 1925. His mother returned to Pocket the following summer, but found only loss and devastation, so they moved overseas where he went to school and got a business degree, but never felt entirely at home. His mother insisted that he never return to Pocket, that it would only bring him hardship and grief. They had countless arguments about it and finally stopped speaking to one another altogether. So, are you in town on business, then? asks Farfalla. James smiles. I was actually on my way to Brighthaven. I do have business there, but now I think I might like to stay a while. Farfalla feels something in her stir, something that has lain dormant for a very long time. Despite her best judgment, she finds herself smiling back at James. Well, I should be on my way, he says. Thank you for the coffee. You're most welcome, says Farfalla, a pang of regret hitting her now that James is preparing to leave. Would you like to join me for breakfast tomorrow morning? I could pick you up. We could grab some food to go and make it a picnic, he adds, standing in the doorway. Farfalla feels her heart begin to pitter patter. It has been so long since anyone has even acknowledged her existence, let alone treated her with kindness. I would like that very much, she says, trying to regain her composure. Very well, I will see you tomorrow then, he replies, closing the door behind him. Farfalla stands alone in her apartment listening to James's footsteps go down the stairs followed by the slam of the door. She watches from the window as he walks to his car. Just before getting in, he looks up at her and waves. In the street, she sees Mrs. Kestrel and her daughter casting suspicious glances back and forth between James and Farfalla's apartment window. Farfalla waves back at James and embraces the sense of vindication she feels when she sees shock register on the two women's faces. They, and everyone else in town, have made her life miserable. But now she has a chance at happiness again, and she isn't going to let anyone stop her. Thank you so much for listening. Join me next week for Skydive Chapter 10, A Wedding After All in which Farfalla and James get married, but things don't quite go as planned. The Skylark Bell is brought to you by Phaeton Starling Publishing, and features original music by Canal. Leaving a rating or a review on your preferred podcast platform is incredibly helpful in helping the podcast gain visibility so others can find and enjoy the Skylark Bell. It's a quick, easy, and free way to support my work. If you'd like to support me further, you can also subscribe to Patreon, where you'll get early access to ad-free episodes, as well as digital downloads of my music, artwork, behind-the-scenes videos, and more. And be sure to follow me on social media for updates. I love to connect with listeners. Just check the show notes for all necessary links. Once again, thank you for listening. I'm Melissa Oliveri writer, host, and producer of the Skylark Bell Podcast.